0: Next, on the 5 O'Clock Report.
1: Hungry and terrified. The war to destroy Hamas will take more than several months. Heard Putin's message loud and clear. If you come across that question of whether you should do what's right out of fear of losing your job, do it anyways.
2: American eating habits get worse. You gave us hope when we had none.
0: Now, let's go to the newsroom.
2: Good afternoon and welcome to the broadcast. I'm Family Life News anchor Sarah Harnish. We begin in the Middle East. It costs 50 times more today for canned goods as supplies dwindle in Gaza. Philippe Lazarni is Commissioner of General U.N. Relief for Refugees.
1: Everywhere you go, people are desperate, hungry and are terrified.
2: Looking for relief. The U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan met with Israel for an update on the war today. He was told the worst fighting with Hamas will likely be over the next two to three weeks, and then it will be a few months more to ensure that Gaza and Israel are safe from Hamas terrorists.
1: Israeli Defense Minister Yoav Galen told Sullivan that the war to destroy Hamas will take more than several months.
2: It will take and require
1: a long period of time, but we will win and we will destroy them. Sullivan is in Israel as heavy fighting continued between Israeli soldiers and Hamas gunmen in Gaza. The U.S. is growing increasingly concerned about Palestinian civilian casualties. The
2: White House is responding to Russian President Vladimir Putin's rare national address today. He said the West is growing weary of the war and aid will stop flowing for Ukraine.
3: Today, Ukraine produces. This is almost nothing. Excuse my vulgarity, but everything is being brought in as a freebie. But those freebies could run out at some point. And it seems that they are gradually running
2: out. National Security Council's John Kirby said an aid package needs to be reached, if only because Russia is starting to view the United States as weak. But I sure hope that those House Republicans, who have for months held hostage critical assistance to Ukraine heard putin's message loud and clear republicans say they got the message from the white house they want joe biden to explain why we're pumping millions of dollars into ukraine as millions of immigrants pour across our southern border their message homeland first Congress was supposed to head home today, but they'll be back on Monday for more negotiations. There was a farewell today on the floor of the U.S. House. Kevin McCarthy had his final day in Congress. I
1: thank this nation for creating a body that is represented by the people.
2: And he offered up some advice. If you come across that
1: question of whether you should do what's right out of fear of losing your job, do it anyways.
2: The former Speaker of the House was voted out of the job in October. Earlier this month, he said he would not seek reelection. Now to the impeachment process of President Joe Biden. Last night, Congress sanctioned an impeachment probe. The first witness being deposed is a former prosecutor who investigated Hunter Biden, the president's son. Here's correspondent Scott McFarlane on Capitol Hill.
1: The impeachment inquiry itself is an important procedural step, not just for its symbolism and the way it gives Republicans a chance to use the word impeachment and Biden in the same sentence, but because it provides a stronger foundation for the things they want to do, to issue the subpoenas, to seek the interviews, to be investigators, it's more solid ground to proceed with a wider investigation.
2: Maryland Democrat Jamie Raskin says this investigation is flimsy at best. The reason that mysteries are called
0: whodunits is because they start with the crime and then you have to try to figure out who did it but the biden impeachment investigation is not a who done it it's a what is it After 11 months, nobody can tell you what Joe
2: Biden's alleged crime is. George Washington University law professor Jonathan Turley says this.
3: The question we're really looking at going forward is what did the president know and what was his involvement? Democrats in the media now accept that this was a massive influence peddling operation. They're just arguing that the president really didn't know about it. Well, how do you know? I mean, that's the point of an inquiry.
2: From impeachment to terror, Germany says it has foiled a suspected Hamas terror attack in Europe. This expert says Hamas is going global with its attacks.
1: They've got fundraising networks all over the world, including right here in the United States. But when it comes to the actual attacks, typically they haven't had the capability or the intent to carry those out in foreign countries. So if Europe is now in the radar screen for Hamas, that's really troubling.
2: Hamas is Responsible for the October 7th attack in Israel. A new Gallup poll shows American adults are getting fatter and diabetes cases are up. Since the start of the pandemic, we've seen American eating habits get worse, with people eating fewer fruits and vegetables, although exercise habits seem to be about the same. And it was quite the find for one homeless shelter in Oregon. A pair of rare gold covered Air Jordans made for film director Spike Lee were found in a donation bin. The shoes are now up for auction to raise money for that shelter. They're worth about $2.1 million. Still to come on the 5 o'clock report, six months late for work. Pennsylvania has a budget. Cuomo wanted in D.C. an unpaid medical debt. Will no longer appear on credit reports. We'll tell you where. After weather with Kevin Williams.
0: Here is your family life weather forecast. Skies will be partly cloudy on average. Low temperatures mid-20s to the middle 30s. For your Friday, fair amount of sunshine, mild, breezy, high temps approaching 50, partly to mostly cloudy Saturday, still mild for the time of year, a high temperature Saturday in the 40s. We will watch a storm, though, that will be taking shape along the eastern seaboard, threatening rain, wind, and maybe rain changing to snow across our region early next week.
2: Thank you, Kevin. Checking the stories, making news where you live across New York and Pennsylvania. It took an extra half a year, but Pennsylvania finally has a completed budget.
3: The most extreme dysfunction I've ever seen in this state capitol and I'm entering my 20th year of service.
2: The gridlock kept the legislation unfinished since June. It sets aside $392 million for 911 services, increases the amount families can claim for work-related child care, and included criminal justice reforms. Governor Josh Shapiro says the late date is not a big deal to him. I feel wonderful that we were able to come together in a bipartisan manner, To make this happen. He says that it's not as much about what got done as it was about who got it done.
0: Meaningful things done for families, child care, tax credit, to be able to do some meaningful reforms to our criminal justice system. Something we've been talking about for years. And I think it's important to note that we
2: learned how to work together. Shapiro gives his budget address in February. Then it's time to start the 2024 budget due in June. Meanwhile, the Pennsylvania House is gearing up for a long break. They're not scheduled to return to session in Harrisburg until after St. Patrick's Day. That's not until next March. The House leadership blames a leaky roof that needs to be fixed. But Michael Gearwith of Pennsylvania Family Institute isn't buying it.
0: There does appear to be more of a political agenda at play in keeping the lawmakers out until after that holiday with the green beer. It turns out that Democrats are losing their one vote majority, and so the Democrat leadership has decided no sessions for three months until that seat is filled. They're blaming a roof leak, but there will be the uh, budget address by Josh Shapiro in the meantime, and we'll be watching to see if he needs an umbrella as he delivers that budget address.
2: <laughs> from Harrisburg straight to Washington, D.C., a panel from the U.S. House is pushing to interview former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo over his handling of the COVID 19 pandemic. Family Life's Greg Gillespie has more.
0: Two U.S. representatives have sent a letter to the secretary for the former governor requesting for a second time that Melissa DeRosa appear before the panel in mid-January. They want to know why 15,000 nursing home residents died after COVID-positive patients were admitted to those facilities. The subcommittee is also seeking testimony from Dr. Howard Zucker, who is commissioner of the State Department of Health under Governor Cuomo and now works for the federal C- Cuomo's spokesperson calls it weaponizing people's pain for a political agenda. Greg Gillespie, Family Life News.
2: We're learning more about the bill introduced by Democrats in Pennsylvania that would codify abortion rights into law. The House bill is modeled after Ohio's constitutional amendment that passed on Election Day last month. Alexis Sneller with the Pennsylvania Family Institute explains why this legislative effort is so dangerous.
3: Not only would it overturn all the current protections that we have, even restrictions on late-term abortions, but it would also prevent our ability in the future to continue to protect Life.
2: It's bad for women. It's bad for babies. It's bad for Pennsylvania. House Democrats also want to terminate the Abortion Control Act in Pennsylvania. The
3: Abortion Control Act in Pennsylvania allows abortion for pretty much any reason up to 24 weeks. They want to take that all the way up through and even past nine months.
2: Northern Tier Republican Representative Clint Owlett.
3: And that just it just blew us away as we started hearing just how extreme they are on this and really I think will open up people's eyes and actually might even turn people away from the direction that the Democrat Party is going right now. I hope so because of just how extreme it is.
2: 30,000 abortions each year happen in the Keystone State. Unpaid medical debt will no longer appear on credit reports in New York State. Governor Hochul signed that bill yesterday. The law prohibits credit agencies from collecting information about your medical debt. It also bans hospitals from reporting such debt to credit agencies. New York is just the second state after Colorado to enact such a law. We are eleven days from Christmas, and millions of families will gather over the next two weeks. And for millions of those, family stresses may weigh down the holiday get-togethers. We asked the Director of Counseling at Focus on the Family how people can set the stage to make family events more joyful and peaceful. Jeremy Keaton gave three preparation techniques. Let's listen in.
1: The first is expectations. How do we set the right expectations? And the second is boundaries. I need to be in control of certain boundaries, places I will and won't go in conversation, how I will and won't participate in certain things that may be difficult. And then your self-preparation. How do you gear up? How do you take care of yourself well? How do you focus on what's within your control, your self-preparation for these events? Even the, quote, perfect family is not perfect, right? Even the- people in the Bible that God um, used always had, we're human, we're in need of a Redeemer no matter, rather than setting things up, that my family's going to reach this postcard moment. And embracing imperfection while you embrace the perfect one who is Emmanuel, God with us. The expectation isn't that you're going to solve the family problem or finances or the big conversation about the family estate or, you know, all the issues i it start to name that extended family have to deal with. Just focus on building the relationship based on what you have in common around that holiday table. Don't go into fix-it mode.
2: Counselor Jeremy Keaton spoke this week with Family Life's Greg Gillespie. You can hear more advice and encouragement for enhancing family gatherings. That interview with new bonus content is on our news podcast page at familylife.org. Time next for tonight's market report brought to you by Faithward Advisors. Here's Family Life's Dave Margolotti.
3: Stocks are up. Up today, the Dow Jones Industrial Average closed above 37,000 for the first time in history yesterday as dovish hints from the Federal Reserve fueled optimism on Wall Street. The S&P 500 finished above 4,700 for the first time since January of 2022, and the NASDAQ reached a new 52-week high yesterday. Still, there's more economic data on the way as the week comes to an end. Retail sales month-over-month rose 0.28%. That was higher than what was expected and the prior report. Initial claims coming in at 202,000 jobs, lower than the consensus as well as the prior report. Adobe has had great gains this year, up by nearly 85% as of today's close, but less than expected as guidance corrected the stock during after-hours trading. Etsy announced a layoff of 11% of its current workforce due to economic pressures, even with increased online shopping during the holidays. S&P 500 sector gains coming from energy and real estate, losses from consumer staples and utilities, crude oil closing above $71 a barrel. The Dow gaining 158 points, the Nasdaq rose 27, the S&P 500 adding 12. FaithWord Advisors is a Christian financial planning firm helping faithful stewards do more online at faithwordadvisors.com. Building up your savings and investments requires a steady approach, but don't forget something else, the attitude of a steward. Hi, I'm Rob West with today's Faith and Finance Minute. Scripture encourages saving and investing. Building up resources for the future is prudent, but it also carries a danger. When you don't have much, relying on God's provision is a daily experience. But as your wealth grows, it's easy to start trusting money as your security rather than trusting the Lord. To maintain the right balance, remember that everything belongs to God, whether you have little or much. You and I are managers, not owners, stewards of the Lord's resources. So yes, prudently build wealth by saving and investing, but with the attitude of one who is a steward over what God provides. We can help you learn to manage your money according to biblical principles when you download the free FaithFi app. You'll find it on our website at faithfi.com.
2: Coming up on the 5 o'clock report, how about the donation of an entire house? It happened for one firefighter's family in Buffalo. We've got the story after weather with Kevin Williams.
0: Here is your family life regional weather forecast. We'll end the week on a quiet, mild note. And we'll head into the weekend with mild air continuing and a buildup of clouds. But it should be, for the most part, dry. It'll get more interesting Sunday night, Monday. That's when a storm system taking shape in the Gulf of Mexico this weekend will try to come north and bring rain and wind and potentially rain changing to snow come Monday night and Tuesday. But for the short term, it's quiet. Overnight, patchy clouds and starlight. Low temps, upper 20s to mid 30s. Friday, ample sunshine, mild, a little breezy, with high temperatures in the 40s and low 50s.
2: Hey, 50s doesn't sound too bad for December. Thank you, Kevin. Finally, at 5, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, known for helping the families of fallen first responders, is lending a helping hand to the family of a fallen firefighter from Buffalo, New York. The charity has donated a new home, mortgage-free, to Jason Arno's widow, Sarah, and their 4-year-old daughter. Not only did you give us a home of our own, a place to build a new foundation, but you gave us hope when we had none. I can't thank you enough for what you've done for us. And please know that you've changed our lives monumentally. And we are forever grateful for your kindness and your generosity. And to the entire Tunnel to Towers Foundation from the bottom of my heart, thank you. 37-year-old Jason Arno lost his life while battling a blaze on March 1st in the city. The city giving back. And that is The World That We Live In for Thursday, the 14th of December. I'm Sarah Harnish, and this is the 5 O'Clock Report on Family Life.